to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. So I'm going to jump in to, we're going to eventually jump into Psalm 19, but we're probably not going to get there today. I'm going to set it up a little bit, but before I do, I, I, I got to cover some stuff and I hate to do this. It's not, I don't like to break up worship and I don't do it very often. I like to go right into the word, but there's a couple of things I need to share with you that I feel like I need to say to the church and, and today's a day. So number one, uh, last week, if you were here last week, uh, we introduced Cody and Lindsay Pittman. Uh, they are our new full-time youth pastor and his wife. Um, they will join our staff officially on July 30th, uh, but we're just thrilled to death to have them, love them to death. They're, they're already become very special to Melissa and I, and you're going to love them tremendously. But, but um, I wanted to say thank you. I didn't do it last week because they were out of town, but, but Stephen Lyles and Jamie and the family are here today, and I, wanted to, I did it in the first service, but I want to say thank you to Stephen and Jamie Lyles, uh, and I want you to give them some love. They've done a super job um, stepping in. Um, when Stephen kind of just fell into this, this role, he just, it, was, it was put on his heart to do it, just to give leadership. And, and when, he, when he said yes to it, I think he thought it was like a, you know, like a, a bite of a ribeye, but it was a huge ribeye, okay? It was a lot. And so uh, it was a lot for him, and he did a super job taking it on, and it was really not his to really calling on his life to do it, but he just felt like the burden was on him to take it. He had a student in there, and he loved a bunch of those kids, and so he just jumped on it, and I'm grateful for him. He took it. He did a great job with Senior Sunday. That was a big old monster. He took our kids to youth camp, and uh, so I'm grateful, Stephen and Jamie, for the, what you did and, and, and what you did for our students, and they're not going anywhere. You realize I'm saying thank you to them, not goodbye to them, okay? They're not going anywhere. Uh, they, they're just stepping down from the row, and, and Cody's going to take it from there and, and row with it. Along with that, um, Jordan McCormick, uh, Jordan was over there with fifth and sixth, but Jordan's been leading our fifth and sixth ministry. And if, if you're in Bushland and you kind of know a little bit about what's happening out here, the, there's a couple of campuses being built, and that's to move some students around. And so we used to have a preteen ministry of fifth and sixth. Uh, beginning in August on promotion, we will no longer have a preteen ministry of fifth and sixth anymore. The school system is building a, a new um, uh, campus that will house K first and second, and that will allow the elementary school currently to receive back into it the fifth graders, and that campus will be three, four, five. The middle school will become a true junior high of six, seven, eight. We as a church will mirror the school district so kids aren't confused in one place or this and one place or here, all right? But we will go to a junior high ministry, six, seven, eight ministry, and Jordan McCormick will oversee that as our junior high pastor. He will be under Cody Pittman 
and our youth pastor, and they will give leadership in that. So I did want to mention that uh, as well, because Jordan's done a super job, and we're just going to move him a little bit in his row. You need to pray for fourth graders who are now becoming fifth graders, because they thought they could go to be big with fifth and sixth. They have got to go back to babies and be a children one more year. So if you got a fourth grader, they're going to need a hug, okay, because they got to stay with the babies again. No, not the babies, but the children. But they'll be okay. We'll hug them a bunch, and then we'll promote them next year, okay? But I did want to mention that to you. And last thing is this. Uh, at Easter, if you remember, uh, we made a 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock time slot for Easter. And that was beautiful. I had over 1,400 people in those three uh, services for Easter. And at the, when that finished, we thought we would just drop the 8, and we would just roll on. And we did that. And it has been good, but it hasn't been really that good, okay? So what we're going to do, myself and leadership, just feel very strongly that we've got to dial that back. So in November, we kind of go to standard time, first Sunday and uh, first Saturday night in November. We're going to go to standard time a little bit early at our church, all right? We're going to go on July 30th. We're going to go back to the standard times that we used to have, and that is 9, okay, and 1030, okay? So this would be a 1030 service, uh, the second service. So we're going to go back to standard time, the standard times that we had before at 9 and 10.30. So if you were here before, you just get to do what you were doing. If you're new, you're like, well, okay, I didn't do this very long, so it's not a habit. So here we are. So 9 and 10.30, that is July 30th. So not next Sunday, but the next Sunday. So if you come at 11 on the 30th, you will miss all of worship and only get me. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to need some worship. So Pay attention to the clock and come at 1030. Otherwise, you'll miss all the worship, okay? Uh, it did a lot of good stuff, good stuff for us, but it was just, it wasn't good overall. It made it tough in different areas. Uh, nursery was a little difficult. Those little babies were getting hungry, and that's not good. So we, we, we kind of had to make some adjustments. And so I appreciate you, but go back to 9 and 1030, standard times that we've always operated on, on July 30th, all right? And we'll be good from there, all right? Now... Enough of that. Let's get to the word. So Psalm 19, I'm going to jump in next week, but I got to set it up this week, okay? So when you look at Psalm 19, okay, it is all about his glory. It's about giving God glory, giving God the, the glory that's due his name. And we'll talk about that because a lot of times you'll see this displayed a lot of times in sporting events. Somebody will do something and then when it's over, they may, they may pound their chest or they may give it up to the Lord on the basis. Now you might say, well, I wonder who he's really giving homage to, okay? We're not here to interpret man's heart. We're just here to say, Lord, help the guy. At least he's giving praise to, to, to something, okay? So what it just say he's praising God. That's his way of expressing to him. See, because all of us in here are doing something right now that we had nothing to do with. You know that? You're breathing. You had nothing to do with that. That's a free breath of air that comes from the good father. And if God says in his word, if you're breathing, you should be praising. Amen. He says, don't make me make a rock cry out on your behalf. You better start giving it up for Jesus. And so everyone in here that's breathing right now has reason to praise, okay? Because that breath that we just took is a free gift from God. We didn't do it. To, we didn't earn it. We didn't go work for it or nothing. God gave that to us, okay? Because God says, I made you to fellowship with you. And because I made you to fellowship with you, I want to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ, okay? And that's why he sent Jesus on the cross. 
Once a person gets saved and born again, the Spirit of God lives inside of them. He says, now, because of what I've done for you, I want you to give honor and glory and praise to my name in everything that you do. That's what he says. Let me say something to you. You know how to be real miserable in this world? Be selfish. You'll be miserable, man. Every red light, just God's against you. You know, you seen that? The sale went off yesterday. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh. Somebody got the last milk. Now I gotta go all the way across town. It's 105, all right? And so everything's against you because you make everything about you. You become very selfish and everything, everything is all about you. When you do that, you're gonna be a very miserable person. Selfish people are not happy and they have very little friends, all right? The greatest thing you can do in your life is to build your life in a way that will bring honor and glory to God in everything you do. That's what he wants. And not only wants, it's what he deserves, amen? And we're gonna look at it. it reminds me of an illustration. Y'all ever heard the story about the mouse and the elephant? So there's, a, there's an elephant, he had a best friend, it was a mouse. And so they used to do everything together. Mouse riding on his back. One day they come up to this old rickety bridge and, and the elephant stops. And he's thinking, I gotta cross this bridge. So they cross the bridge and the bridge is swaying and rocking and all kind of stuff. And they get to the other side of the bridge and the mouse says, "Woo! we sure shook that bridge, didn't we? And the elephant said, oh yeah, we sure shook that bridge. See, sometimes we think we're the elephant, but oh, we're the mouse. We're just the mouse, man. Because our God, the creator, is the one doing everything. We're not much, but because of him, we're something. He is the reason that we are who we are. He's the one that deserves all the praise, all the adoration, everything. Matthew 23, 12 says this, for whoever exalts himself, he will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself, he will be exalted. So if you're all about you, you will be humbled. But if you will humble yourself, God will exalt you. He will exalt you. Nobody promotes man like God does. And see, when God does that, he knows he can trust you. You're not gonna stand up on the mountain and beat your chest and say, look what I did. You're gonna stand on that mountain that God entrusted you with, and you're gonna give that name back to Jesus, the one who put you on that mountain and trusted you with it. It's not about us. Never has been, never will be. Never will. It's all about him. You gotta learn to give God glory. I want you to go over, turn in your Bible to Exodus 33 and just put your finger there. I'm gonna get there in a little bit, but I wanna give you a chance to get to Exodus 33. John Piper said these words. We are all starved for God's glory, not for self. No one goes to the Grand Canyon to increase self-esteem. There is a greater healing for the soul in beholding the splendor and majesty of the Lord, the creator, than there is in beholding oneself. No one ever goes to the Grand Canyon and looks out over the Grand Canyon and goes, whoo, I'm so God, glad God made me. Oh, I'm so good. I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm better than that. No one does that. No one goes to the Rocky Mountains and does that. No one sees those aspens in the fall and think, man, God, 
you lucky you got me. We're all captivated by the creator's glory. We're all beholding his majesty and his glory. Listen to me. We're not, we're not that moved by self as we think, okay? We're more moved by who God is. But the world and everything around it tries to suppress that. You approach 10 people randomly on the street and you ask them this question, what is your chief pursuit in life? They may say money, love, marriage, health, freedom, status, pleasure, peace, happiness. But there's only one main purpose for which man was created, and that is for the glory of God. This is God's chief pursuit in all that he does, is to magnify his own glory. So this must be every believer's pursuit. The greatest thing you can do is bring God glory in everything that you do, everything. The way you operate your life, the character and integrity that you are, let everything you do, do it all for the glory of God, every bit of it, because it is through that, you're through that, that he receives the worthy and the worship that's ascribed to his name. That's, that's true worship back to God. That you understand that everything you've got, the breath you breathe, the position you hold, the place God has entrusted you with, either you have people over you or under you, it doesn't matter, but everything you do, let God be glorified in your life. Always remember that you didn't put yourself there, God did it. God's favor and blessing got you where you are. You didn't do that. I know you worked hard. I know education paid off, but ultimately God provided the area in which you find yourself. God made a way. He gave you favor with both God and man, and he, he, he promoted you and put you where you are. Now you give back what he's due, and that's the glory to his name. I want you to go to Exodus 33. This is Moses. Moses understood this really well. You're gonna see it in scripture. You're gonna understand why Moses understood it well. Moses used to spend some time in, in a meeting called the Ten of Meetings with God. And it says that he would meet with God face to face as a friend meets with a friend. I want you to pick up in verse 12, Exodus 33, 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with the people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Verse 17, and the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked me because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then watch what Moses said. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. Listen to me, husband, wives. When God brought you together, that's a covenant relationship, okay? God did that. He did that so that he could show himself through your marriage. 
He wants you to glorify him in your marriage. Then you're entrusted with children, your family, your children. You understand that God wants to show himself off in your family. He wants from one generation to another generation to be glorified and honored through your family. That's what he wants. That's what he's after, okay? He's entrusted you with that. He says, what else will distinguish our family from all the other families? What else will distinguish our marriage from all the other marriages in the face of the earth? That we honor God and God show us your glory. Because every time, God, that's what we're gonna do is give you back glory. What's gonna do that in my business? What's gonna do that in my neighborhood? What's gonna do that in, in whatever I'm entrusted with? I'm here to glorify God and everything I touch brings honor and glory to God. That's what he wants. That's what he's after. That's what Moses understood. That's why he said, God, just show me your glory. I love the fact that he said, I'll do the very thing that you've asked. Your presence go with us. And he says, well, I do it because I know your name. You don't think God forgot Moses' name at that moment, do you? No. What he said was, I'll do the very thing you've asked because I know your name. No, because I trust you. So you got to get to a point where God can trust you, not so much you trust God. Because will God, can God trust you to give glory to him? Listen, where you find yourself, okay, you need to bring honor and glory to God right there. Because when you do that, he'll promote you somewhere else. I used to have a student one time in my student ministry, he said, Jeff, I'm just so tired of flipping French fries at McDonald's, I could just throw up. And I said, well, what do you wanna do? I wanna, I wanna work at Saltgrass, they get better tips. I said, well, I'm sure they get a lot better tips at Saltgrass than McDonald's, right? I said, well, you know how it's gonna happen? Why don't you just start praising God for every time you flip a French fry? And when you exalt God, God will promote you to salt grass and one day you'll be a waiter. Guess what happened about six months later? He went to salt grass. He makes a lot of money on tips. He tells me all the time. But here's what I want you to understand. Some of us are griping and complaining about where we find ourselves. Why don't you praise God and make God, bring God glory doing what you're doing right now? Because God do that. When you do that, God will promote you somewhere else. But if you're not gonna do it right there, why should he promote you there? Because if he promotes you there, guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna give it all back to you because you think you deserve that. No. Won't you praise God where you find yourself right now, okay? And then one day, God will promote you to a higher place. And when he gets you to that higher place, then you give it up for God because God got you there and you bring glory and honor to God. Too many people gripe down here, but they want up there. But if you're gonna praise down here, you show yourself worthy to be promoted up there. Don't, don't bellyache here and think God's gonna promote you there. It's his name. What will distinguish you from all the other people on the earth? You show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. So what is God's glory? A distinction must be made between the intrinsic glory and his ascribed glory. God's intrinsic glory is the sum total of all his divine attributes. His holiness, his love, his sovereignty, his righteousness, his grace, his truth, goodness, mercy, justice, tenderness, kindness, power, trust, faithfulness. Better known as God's character, who he is, who God is. You have to understand that the intrinsic glory of God is who God is, his person, his character. It does not change. God doesn't change like shifting sand. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who God says he is. That is the who of God. So many people chase the what of God, not the who of God. You gotta understand that worship is about who he is, not what he does. 
Sometimes you'll be disappointed in what he does or when he does it. His timing might be off or he might not be uh, doing what you want him to be doing or this may have happened to you. Listen to me. All of that is, is, is part of life. Some of us find ourselves in places based on our choices and sometimes people find themselves based on other people's choices, all right? That it, it, it kind of impacts us. But the bottom line is this, okay? God is not changing. His intrinsic glory, his intrinsic values are who God is. They're constant, they're solid, they don't change. God can be trusted. He is faithful. You can rely on him. His timing is perfect. It may not match yours, but it's always good. And that's who he is. And that's the worship that is due him. That's the glory due him because that's who he is. It doesn't change. Some people treat God like Santa Claus. We rub his little tummy, and if we get what we want, we worship him. But if things go the wrong way, then we don't worship God. We sit over there and we hold out. We're like, God, you ain't doing it right. You ain't, you're too late. You're not, on my, you're not coming on time. You're not doing this. You're not doing this. Bottom line is, he's doing what he knows he needs to do right now. You need to trust him what he's doing and wait for what he does next. You can trust God. You can trust God. You can trust God. Some of us are walking through hard times right now. We don't understand. We don't get it. We don't understand why it's going this way. We don't understand why this is happening. We think this should happen. Listen to me. We're not here to understand God. We're here to trust his intrinsic glory, his intrinsic values. God is good regardless of the circumstances, period. Melissa and I had to test ourselves if our worship was really true. When we were going through hard seasons in our life, we worship in wilderness, why? Because we were happy where we found ourselves? No, we trusted God for the mountain that was coming, that we knew God was just as faithful right now than he will be in the future. And no matter where we found ourselves, you gotta worship God because he is always worthy of his intrinsic value. God doesn't change. Our, worships are not about, our worship on Sundays is not what he did for us that week. No, God's not that shallow and we shouldn't be either. Our worship on Sunday is because of who he is. And he didn't change week to week. I'm sorry you got all the red lights, but you still gotta worship God because green's coming, baby. Amen? Green's coming. And you don't understand. So many people put a check and checks sheet on God. Check, 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 we'll go to church. We ain't going. Oh, then you haven't met my God. See, when you fall in love with who he is, it changes everything. You don't have to, your worship just flows from that. Just flows from that. God's desire to display his intrinsic glory and his works in all creation. Then, as God unveils the glory to man, man is to give him glory, which is ascribed glory, the glory due his name. See, here's how it works. You fall in love with his intrinsic glory values or his, his intrinsic glory, all right, of who he is. Out of that becomes the ascribed glory due his name. Out of that. See, it's the incense that rise up day and night. Why? Because my night is good, my day is good. Maybe he is, maybe not. But regardless of what the day or night is, my incense will rise to my king because my king doesn't change. He's still my God. He's still good. He's faithful, 
trustworthy. He's kind. He's gentle. He's merciful. He's graceful. That's who God is. And I'm worshiping God for who he is, not what he does. Because if you ever get in the trap of worshiping God for what he does, guess what? Mm, your worship's really not about God. It's really about you. If you're going to worship you, guess what? You will be humbled. But when you humble yourself, you will be exalted. God says, I'll, I'll exalt whomever will chase after me. Listen to me. Some of us in this room, our intrinsic values of who God is in our books, pretty low. And that's why our worship won't go nowhere. That's why your worship won't rise. That's why your worship's this. That's why you're like, let's go, sing it. That's the 11th time we've sung this song. All right. Ten's enough, isn't it? Oh, Lord, we're gonna do it 12. All right. That's what we do. You know what's wrong? It's not, what's wrong is not your worship, Pastor. What's wrong is your intrinsic value of who God is. Dude, I could worship all day how good God is. It's day and night, I could stay up and worship how good he is. But what about when it's not good? Didn't change God. God didn't change. God didn't change. Go to Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. This is a little heavy text. I'm not going to read it all, but just a little bit of it. Romans chapter 1. Let's begin in verse uh, 18. Romans 1.18. Romans 1.18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what, what, what has been made so that men are without excuse. Look at verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desires, in their hearts, the sexual impurities, and the grading of their bodies to one another. They exchanged the truth of God's word for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Woo, that'll wake you up in the morning for a quiet time, right? What's going on there is he is without excuse for anybody on the face of the earth that he is a good God. He's a creator. He created the earth. He created us. He created mankind. We are without excuse to know how good God is. God has captured our hearts by creation. He shows us his His intrinsic values are displayed all the time. And what happens to us is if we don't understand that we're to bring glory and honor to God, we stop bringing honor and glory to God. And guess what? We stop thanking God for who he is. And I'm telling you, our hearts will get hard. We'll buy a lie. We'll worship all the stuff that the world dances in front of us. But here's the deal. You've got to understand. Just like verse 21, it's the key verse. Look at 21. For although they knew God, K-N-E-W, new God, all right? They neither glorified him as God. 
Ask yourself this question. Have I stopped glorifying God as God? Have I? Here's what it leads to. And they didn't give him thanks either. When you stop glorifying God in your life, you've also stopped thanking God. And what becomes the prominent thing in your life is that God's not good. And everybody around you, uh, that's what you hear. The world screams it. The, the, everything screams it. And you start buying the lie that God's not good. But God is good. And you know God's good, all right? Because he's so good, he sent his only son to die for you, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish but everlasting life. There was a day in your life that you were put your faith in God and, he, and you were born again. You know that. You know God's good. But you have not, you have not worked on the intrinsic value and glory of who God is. And because the world and people around you say, God's this, you bought into the lie. And all that intrinsic value of who God is has been suppressed. And that's why your worship gets depressed. It's suppressed because the intrinsic value of who God is is little in your life. When that stuff's little, your worship will be little. And what has to happen is who God is has to become bigger in your life. All the qualities that make him who he is. It's kind of like this. Let's just say that you bump in to somebody and they say, you say, well, I go to Bush and all that pastor out there, Jeff Ponder, yeah, that's him. I don't like him. I don't like him. He's this. If you don't know me, you might listen to that. And then when you come back in the church, that's the filter that it runs through. You see what I mean? So you get around people that say, God's not good. And then you come to church or something happens in your life and you're like, yeah, God's not good. So my worship, not going up to him. See, I don't care what people say about the character of God. God is God. His character is good. The intrinsic value of God is real. It's true. It's true in your life. He can be trusted. He is faithful. He is good. He is kind. He's gentle. He's powerful. He's faithful. You can trust him. That's who he is. And if he hasn't come through yet, he will come through because God can be trusted. And just because some things didn't go your way, just because the timing of some things in your life didn't happen when you thought it was gonna happen, did not, did not stop God from being who God is. Did not. He's even more that if you'll fall in love with him and understand that. Because once you fall in love with who he is, then you'll worship him all the time for what he is and what he does and who he is. Your worship will not decrease because your value of who he is will always be great. It says in verse 25, who is forever to be praised, amen. Our job is for always to praise him. Psalm 92, one says this, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing his praise to your name, O Most High. What is it good to do? It's good to give thanks to the Lord. It's good to give thanks to the Lord. It's good to give glory to God. We see in Romans 1 what happens if you don't. This is man's chief pursuit in life. He is to live to make God's glory known in the world and to ascribe the glory to his name. Here's what happens. Our job is to, to, is to give God glory for who he is. And then out of that, when we know who he is, the ascribed glory, the praise, the incense, the worship, our heart will cry out to God in worship. Why? Because God is worthy of our worship because he is who he says he is. When you fall in love with who he is, your worship will come like incense, man. 
because he is worthy, worthy, worthy of our praise. Many people have let the world suppress who God is in their life, and that's why the worship is not where it needs to be. If you'll put God back where he needs to be in your life and understand he loves you and he chases you and he loves you and he's loved you from the get-go, you give him the glory due his name. I want you to go to Psalm 40 real fast and I'll get you out of here. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slippery pit and the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. And he put a new song in my heart, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see, many will fear, and many will put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, those who turn aside the false gods. Verse five, many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things that you have planned for us. No one can recount to you. Where I to speak and tell of them, they would be too many for me to declare. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have pierced. Burn offerings and sin offerings you did not require. And then he said, here am I, I have come. Here am I, I have come. For some of us in here, the intrinsic values of who God is his intrinsic glory in our lives needs to be fixed. It does. Some of us are holding out on God. God hadn't, been, God hadn't done what God said he was gonna do. It's later than I thought it was gonna be. God, God's timing's not good. God hasn't been faithful. God hasn't provided. God did this, God did that. And you've been holding out. You know deep down inside of you who he is. But all this stuff is suppressed, the ascribed glory that's due his name. And so even though you come to church, you can't get your worship on. You can't give him praise. You can't give him glory. You can't give him adoration. You can't hop for him. You can't clap for him. You can't lift a hand for him. You can't dance for him. Why? Because in your heart, you say he ain't worthy of it. He's not good. He didn't do this. He's late. He's punishing me. I got the jokers and everybody else got the aces. Don't give up on that deck of cards yet. You're about to trump the house, man. God is good. And even though he doesn't look like it right now, he's still worthy and he's still good. For some of us in here, we need to fix that because we're holding out on God. And what we're holding out is the ascribed glory Let's do his name. Let's do his name. Not do, not do what he does, but let's do his name. So the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. That's the name that is worthy. No matter where you find yourself today, no matter what, you have got to get your glory and ascribe glory going in your life because your job, according to scripture, is to give God glory. Give God glory. You can score a touchdown and give it up for God. Or you can fumble on the one and cost your team. And you still got to give him glory. It didn't change God. Just changed the football score. And God's much bigger than football. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, church.
So here's my, here's my question for you, church. How's your worship? How's the worship? How's my ascribed worship that's due His name? How is it? Are you growing in your worship? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to do something for me. Next week, we're going to jump into Psalm 19. But for some of us, our intrinsic value or intrinsic glory of who God is, it needs to be fixed. For some reason, there's some stuff, man, that's stopping worship. Because in your eyes, God is this, but Scripture says God is that, and there's a divide. I'm going to ask you to get a cup of coffee and sit down with a notepad and begin to write all that God is in your life. God, you're good. God, you're faithful. God, I can trust you. You never gave up on me. You never quit on me. You believe in me. You just start writing them. Then I want you to see what happens. As you write, the incense of ascribed glory will rise in your life. And you begin to start worshiping him for who he is. Okay? Not for what he does. He's not just Santa Claus to rub his tummy, but he's God. Some of us need to list the ascribed intrinsic glory of who God is. His intrinsic qualities, the character of who God is, write it down. And then let worship come from that. And it will. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. As the ministry teams come down front, the altar's open, God. God, you have spoken to our hearts. God, the intrinsic glory of God, the character of who God is, is not, on, is not changing. It doesn't change. It's solid. But God, I pray that you restore that in our lives so that it's a ascribe glory in our lives would be the adoration and praise that comes to us. It comes back from us to you because you're worthy. And God, I pray that we would get our worship on because we've made right the intrinsic value of who you are in our lives. So God, I thank you for your goodness. And I pray right now, if we have to, we need to preach to our soul about who you are. God, I pray adoration and praise rise in this place like incense day and night, God, to a king worthy of our worship. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We adore you in Christ's name. Amen, amen. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.